as parents, we should expect friction and hard times with our children. And that doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that we should give up or that we should stop trying or that um, someone else would do a better job. No, it just means we are engaged in the in a good work and fruitful labor with our children. It's good. You're right where you need to be, Mama. Hey ladies, this is Christy Young with The Gritty Gospel, and I'm excited to be here with you tonight. Uh, Y'all, it just seems to be my flow to meet you at 10.30, almost 10.30 at night, because my house is quiet, and typically the days are long for me, like they are for probably most of y'all, and today was no different, and again, I told my husband, I was like, I just don't think I have it in me, I... I have all these things I'd like to say, but I just don't think I can record a podcast. And he was like, no, these are the days that you absolutely need to record a podcast. And so I took a shower. My hair is still wet. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to throw myself together and put on a t-shirt and see if I can just uh, try to encourage some women um, with right where I am. Uh, I I often hear women say that they don't think that they could homeschool because it's too hard or they have that one kid that is exceptionally tough and will fight them tooth and nail to get anything done. Well, can I encourage you in that I have a child like that who is very bright and very stubborn and very and has a comment to respond to every direction that I give this person. Uh, they have a comment in response. And can I tell you, we are working and working and working on the daily uh, to combat this sin. Because really it's sin. It's sin, it's what it is. It's a a control issue. But every one of my kids wrestles with sin and it just looks different, right? We all have maybe a child that is a people pleaser by nature, but their inward thoughts could roll with uh, a dialogue that we don't hear, right? But that is sinful or that um, low key, I have one kid who is a people pleaser type and this person I I have seen can be low key manipulative, you know, um, when she doesn't think anyone's looking or... Uh, but is also equally wonderful in so many ways. Kind, servant heart, has a servant's heart. And uh, But man, I guess my point is she wrestles with sin. And then another kid who is openly stubborn and uh, but very bright and can think quickly on her feet and can rebuttal me in anything I might say or ask of her and man, she keeps me on my toes. And, but it's sin. She's wrestling with sin. It's a, it's a control issue. She wants to try to control her world and what she has to do and when she gets to do it. And that's just not the way it works in the young household. And then, uh, I don't know. You know I, just, I feel like I'm so thankful to have been blessed with several children because they're all so different. I really think that my first one could have come out and I could have thought that I was the greatest parent because... Uh, She is complicit and does what I ask of her. And I mean, even over and above and will just chip in naturally with a good attitude. And I'm so grateful for her. Uh, But I also know she's not perfect and has opportunities for growth, just like all of my other kids. And so, and then for the ones that wear their sin on their shoulders and are ready to be belligerent or to fight with other kids, um, in fact, 
it seems like they might pick fights with other kids, pick fights with me, just be ready to defend themselves. Um, and maybe because they're operating out of insecurity. Um, but you know, they're also very bright. And so I guess, I guess I just get to see how different and uniquely made every one of my kids are. And that, but the great leveler for all of them is that they all have sinned. They all do sin. They all fall short of the glory of God. Every one of them. And I get to see it. And then I also get to the joy of seeing how wonderful they are, how when they chip in and serve and they're kind and they love their brothers and sisters and they, or they might chip in to help brush a baby, baby girl's teeth or a baby boy's teeth um, at night when I'm dead tired and they can see that I need help. Or they chip in to, to do uh, additional chores that would not be on their list for that day just because they can see that help is needed. Today, okay, I'm sick. And so I, I don't feel good. You might be able to hear that through the podcast. And I, so today I gave a shorter like academic schedule for my kids. And so we had this time together in the morning where we kind of like go through history. We love World Watch News. Uh, We study God's word together and do a little bit of grammar and uh, maybe science sometimes, you know, we rotate days. And so then after that time period, I told them that today we were just going to do IEW, which is our writing curriculum. And then we were going to work on math. That's it. And then uh, can I tell you, so really most of the kids were done by uh, probably noon today uh, because I was hoping that I would not have to, I, my voice is going, so I don't even have the ability really to teach uh, any anymore like I would normally do, you know, to talk or discuss or I just didn't have it in me today. And so I'm already tired. I don't feel good. Well, then... There's always one kid, right? There's always one kid who's got to give you a hard time. And so today, um, I had my one kid who gave me a hard time and a run for my money. And this particular person, uh, we just finished doing math at 9 p.m. tonight. Uh, No joke. And my husband got home from work and math was still not done, even though this person had been steadily working on it throughout the day. I had given them a deadline. They knew that uh, math had to be done. Really, the goal, typically, they all ambush to get math, all of their subjects done so that we can get be done with school. Well, not today. Somehow, math just lingered, and it was like problem by painstaking problem was slowly but surely getting done. And But I am with this particular kid. I want them to experience the natural consequences of their decisions. And so I was, you know, we went and painted furniture outside. We played, we played in the backyard. Um, We watched a movie. We did all these things. Well, she did not really get to be a part of any of it because her math wasn't done. And so she was slowly trying to be in adjacent rooms to to us, but I could tell she, she was distracted. And so Then finally, uh, Larry gets home tonight and he's like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Like, you've got to knock this out. So he set her up in our bedroom right by him because he had work to finish. And so they worked for an hour and then I kept going up there just to check problems. Anyway, long story short, I ended up at the, I'm here in the kitchen because I spend so much time in this kitchen. I'm so thankful for a kitchen. I'm thankful for room to cook and, but we do so much work 
schoolwork even around our island. And so tonight at 9 p.m., I was finishing math problems with her around our island. And I just thought, man, this is just super real because this is hard. And I don't want to do this. I don't have energy to do this. I'm super tired. Lord, like, are you really, it's, are you really calling me to do this? Because I just want to be done. But the reality is if it doesn't get done today, it won't get done tomorrow and it won't get done the next day. And we'll just get behind more and more behind. And and also she begins to believe it's okay for her not to get her work done. That somehow we're going to let it slide if it's not done by the end of every evening. And that's not going to fly. So we sat and we did every problem or the problems that she had missed. She had redone on her own. And then she had missed them, some of them again. And so we sat down together just to grind, to, to work through them together. And I don't know, I'm just so humbled because parenting is so hard. Discipleship is so hard. Loving on your kids when they feel hard is difficult. <coughs> and then loving on your kids when you don't feel good is difficult. And... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm like coughing like crazy, but trying not to. So even on the days that you don't feel good, God is still calling us to pour ourselves out for our people, to love them, to train them. Okay, and so here are my initial thoughts from today. One, I am super humbled by the second greatest commandment, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I'll read it. I mean, here here it is in Galatians uh, 5, 13 and 14. It says this. For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that applies to our kids. Every day, I need to treat my children as my neighbor. They're my closest neighbor. I need to love them as I would love myself. And can I tell you, we do a really poor job at, uh, at loving our neighbors as ourselves. Um, literally, we are called to do for them as we would like to, for things to be done for us. And we just faithfully drop the ball in that. And I ever increasingly ask the Lord to help me to love my neighbors as myself. Help me to do for my friends um, the things that I would want done for me or to serve in the capacities that I, I would need if I were in certain situations or the situations of my friends or neighbors. And then, of course, we are broken and sinful and we fail at that miserably. Um, but the aim is there. The desire is there. And then, um, I don't know, I just petitioned the Lord that he would help us, help me and help you to be increasingly aware of our neighbor's needs and so that we can love them as ourselves. But this applies to our children. And so in the ways that I teach my kids, I want to watch the tone that I have with them, the way I talk to them, what I, you know, the list of chores that I give them. I want to make sure it's reasonable and that it's doable and that it's challenging, but that it's just doable for them so that they can feel encouraged when they complete the tasks at hand. I want to make sure their academics are rigorous. They should be challenging, but then uh, I want them to have fun and I want them to be able to accomplish the tasks ahead of them and to get them done and to feel good about themselves when they get it done. And 
I just think in every respect, in the ways that we treat them, build them up, admonish them, encourage them, uh, challenge them, and all of it, we need to make sure that we're treating them the way that we'd like to be treated if we were in their shoes. And that's super humbling and convicting because I think a lot of times, like in the culture, you know, parents, so often parents bark at their kids and expect their kids to do whatever they've been asked to do. Uh, But it sounds very disrespectful. You know, it's very disrespectful and very sometimes mean. It's said in anger. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like we wouldn't want to be talked to like that. So we should not be talking to our children like that. And that's incredibly convicting and challenging. And then so good. It's such a refining scripture for our spirits. Uh, And let it challenge us to love our children and speak to our children and treat our children the way we would like to be treated in all of life. And then I realized today as I was kind of in a despairing moment with this kid who was still doing math at 9 p.m., I, I, I realized and I told her, I said, you know what, I have not prayed about this today. Uh, I feel like you and I both, we need to ask the Lord to help us, help us with our relationship, to help us with, to, for, you, for you to have the stamina and the perseverance and the grit to be able to grind and do what you need to do so that you can get better at this at math. And then I also want to pray and ask the Lord to give me patience, to give me grace, to help me know when to push you and challenge you, and then when to back off and show you grace, because I also don't want to discourage you to the point of breaking you, where you'd feel like you will not have success or can't be successful or that you would lack confidence. Because parents, it is also our job to instill confidence in our kids. We've got to make sure that they feel encouraged and equipped. We also need to be building them up, encouraging them, letting them know all the areas that they excel in. And of course, we need to also let them know about the areas where they have opportunities to grow, for sure. But man, we need to make sure that that we watch their little self-esteem grow and that they would feel encouraged by us and that they would feel motivated to do the next thing, to try the next thing, to, I don't know, to go for some things, to be bold and courageous and learning or in sports or in academics or in debate or in, I don't know, all of life, whatever they would love, whatever they want to pursue. But I guess my point in this is that we need to pray. We need to ask the Lord for help with our kids that are, with all of our kids, let's be real, all of our kids have different struggles. And we need to be asking the Lord to help us, to equip us, to give us strength and perseverance, to give us the wisdom to know how to teach them, how to train them, how to disciple them. And for us, for us, and for him to cultivate within us patience and steadfastness and perseverance ourselves and to be able to show our kids grace when they need grace and to be able to build them up and to uh, equip them for all of life. And just, we need to be petitioning the Lord to ask him to help cover us on all those bases. I had a sweet friend one time tell, or well, it was her dad. He said, he complimented her actually saying that it's so good she was having a hard time with her daughter. She ha- she has a very strong-willed daughter who is very stubborn and very smart and very quick on her toes with her reasoning skills and, man, can be combative at times or could when she was younger. And so, man, her dad, so my friend's father said to her, you've just got to keep one foot in the fight. You're doing a great job by keeping one foot in the fight. 
And I'll never forget that because at the time and still to me to this day, it's super encouraging because sometimes we don't even feel like we are winning the fight or having success in the battle, but we have a foot in the fight. Maybe a godly response to their stubborn will or a calmness to their anger, a but we are literally engaging, constantly, consistently engaging in a godly way with kids who are stubborn or defiant or lazy or you name it. Every kind of sin that we will see in any of our children for us to have, for us to have one foot in the fight in those areas. So for us to be combating and acknowledging and bringing it to mind for our children, helping them to recognize that this is something you wrestle with. And let us ask the Lord for help. But this is not, we don't want to keep the status quo. We want you to improve and to get better. And so it's my job to challenge you and to then shed light on your sin when we see it. And then to encourage you and equip you and challenge you and help give you tools to make you better and stronger. And and then acknowledge that a great to a great degree, we need the Lord to be at work in your spirit to make real change, effective change. Um, but mamas, you be encouraged because if you have one foot in the fight, you are right where you need to be. If you are walking into the hard and walking into the mess and walking into the cray cray, like the crazy, these crazy days, then you're doing such a great job and you just keep going and you love your kids. Well, you stay in the fight and by fight, you know what I mean? I don't even mean engaging in battle with our kids, even though sometimes it does feel like that because we love them and we're going to call them out they in, in a loving way and then go to bat for them. And and then when we tell them what scripture says and what the standard we're going to hold them to, and yet they don't, they want to rebel in their natural fleshly nature, then there's going to be that friction. And so we should expect friction because until they are saved, they are not saved. They are lost individuals in our homes who are prone to sin. And so we have to admonish them with what I tell my kids all the time hey, God's standard is this, so that's our standard as a family, and so I'm going to hold you to this standard. And so, period. It's not mom's standard, it's not dad's standard, it's God's standard. And so the family standard is God's standard. And you can do what you like to do when you turn 18 or when you walk out of this house. But my hope is that you will have adopted God's standard as your standard for life. But I just want to encourage you, if it's hard and if it's messy and if you feel like you are despairing, or in the trenches, then I want to encourage you that you are right where you need to be. It doesn't mean that you need to give up or send your kids somewhere to be helped by someone else. No, it, it really means that you are right where you, you need to be. You are in the fight, walking into the mess, pulling up your sleeves, ready to get your hands dirty, to be engaged where sin exists and there will necessarily be friction there because God's word and sin, uh, you know, a holy God can't reside with sin. He doesn't desire for us to be a sinful people. And so his standards are high and good and righteous and our flesh doesn't like that. And so our kids, our fleshly kids, until they're saved, are not going to like that. And even when they're saved, they're going to mess up and they're still going to sin. And so, but I feel like we should expect as parents, we should expect friction and hard times with our children. And that doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that we should give up or that we should stop trying or that 
um, someone else would do a better job. No, it just means we are engaged in the in a good work and fruitful labor with our children. It's good. You're right where you need to be, mama. The last thing I'd love to say is that I think that you need to stick by your kids and fight for them. They need to see you fight for them. And so my sweet daughter, who I love so much, that was doing math tonight at the uh, table until 9 p.m. I want her to know that she is worth fighting for, that she is worth me sitting up to challenge her all day long and even into the evening to hold her to a standard that she is able to meet, but because of blank sin, um, had not accomplished the goal. And, you know, for any one of our kids, that sin might be laziness, it might be disobedience, it might be distractions, it might be defiance, it could be any of those things, and more. There are probably a million more I'm not thinking of, but all of our kids wrestle with sin, and at the same time, they need to know that they're worth fighting for, and that we will stick by them and fight for them, and then hold them to this standard, because they can achieve that standard. We're not going to lower standards just because their work ethic is not is not where we want it to be. No, I, we expect them to work hard and to meet our standards as long as they can and are able and don't have other, you know, like for this, because I'm talking about academics, as long as they don't have other like learning disabilities or other things that are happening. If it's truly a sin issue or a laziness issue, a distraction issue, you know, like if it's truly one of those issues, then no, I'm going to hold the line and we, we're going to aim to get the things done that we need to get done because these are life skills. And so I'm actually, I'm loving my daughter by holding her to the fire and saying, this is going to get done before you go to bed. You may not go to sleep until all of this math lesson is done and all these math facts are done because this is a life skill. Sometimes in life, and then sometimes in life, you turn in a project and it gets returned to you and you have to make adjustments and changes, or maybe your hypotheses, they were incorrect and you have to make new hypotheses or you have to redo a report. Like that happens all the time. And with a good attitude, you have to get to work. And so I want my children to learn how to have good attitudes under constructive criticism and get to work. Or simply, if you mess up and you get things wrong, you're going to have to grind and make them and get them right. Um, and then I just can't help, but the glaringly obvious part of this is God has been so faithful to us and I think about my own imperfection because I am certainly incredibly imperfect. I can be quick to anger. I can be, I can yell at my kids. I can like not show grace when I should show grace. I could, I can be too lenient at times. I, you know, every kind of mistake that anyone can make, I can make. And so, and I think about how much my heavenly father has shown me grace upon grace upon grace. And just the fact that I am a sinner I am a wretched woman, just like Paul says. <laughs> He's a wretched man. I, I am a sinner deserving of death and eternity separated from God, and yet the Lord is so good in his kindness. He would not let that be the end of my story because he had a plan for us because he is a good, good father, and he has redeemed me and ransomed me through no work of my own. And so who am I to withhold that same grace and love and sacrifice for my children? And so it's my job to show them how Christ loves. I get to be on the front lines as a mother and show them grace and love 
that never ends, really. And now I'm going to have constructive criticism. I'm going to challenge them in in ways similar to the ways that Jesus challenges us, even in our sin. He's challenging us. And so it's my job to do that with my kids. But loving them through it, speaking the truth and love through it. And so all with the mind to build them up and for them to experience the love of Christ, really, um, so they could spend all of eternity with him. All right. Well, I love you, sisters. It's been so great having you here in my kitchen. And I look forward to the next time that we get to talk. See you next time. Love you. Bye.